This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ladies and gents, welcome back to another video. What do we think of the footy last night? It was a pretty great game if you're a New South Wales fan. I think it was just good to see you know, Tommy Bra and uh, and Latrell out there just doing their thing and and that was, that were really the, the difference. So obviously overall the team was a lot better and I suppose we didn't really think that the game would be that much of a blowout, but I suppose, you know, what the what the game's like these days, if you get a bit of momentum and, and sort of hold on to that, you can really get a, a kick on with the with the tries scored and stuff like that. So yeah, you see what happens when you know Damien Cook gets around a really, really strong team, you know, and him and Tedesco have been the New South Wales best players for the last three to four years, so you know, to to think that there was a chance that they were going to get dropped was, I think, fr- pretty silly. And you see what you know Cook did in in, in around the ruck there. Teddy just doing his thing as normal. Um, I think Cleary ran the ship really well. Luai and Toa had really nice debuts. I suppose you know Toa's most important part of it was just his um you know his running out of trouble, which he does so well for the Panthers. Like the try scoring was, you know, I think majority of the wingers could have could have finished those tries that they ended up with. But you know Luai was was really really strong. Great debut for him. You know, nothing better than than a fifty point drubbing in your in your first uh, first game. But he was obviously a good part of that as well. Um, Tarek Sim was really strong as well for anyone who was you know, not happy with with him being in the squad. Um, some lower minutes for Trebojevic, which is probably good for his fantasy prospects this week. Yeah, you know, of him backing up, which was good. I'm talking Jake now. Um, you'd imagine me hard pressed for Tommy to to back up uh, and, and a bunch of you know the other players. You could see that. I think it was the, the try in like the. 30th, no, yeah, maybe one in the 30th and then one in the 55th or 60th minute when they kind of went up a fair bit. They were up close to 30 by that point where they're just like hardly celebrating. It was more just like trying to catch their breath, a couple of high fives. So, yeah, a very, very tough game of footy. I think a lot of them would have been battered and bruised. You'd imagine that the majority of them don't back up. We've heard um, 
from the Panthers, you know, a couple of different articles. One saying that, you know, most likely none of them will back up, and then also one saying that, yeah, that they're, they're a chance of playing for sure. Um, that clearly hasn't ruled them out. But um, Nathan, in terms of his face cut, it's most likely a just a cut, just a big laceration, which caused obviously all the blood, um, and not a facial fracture, which is good to see. So yeah, I suppose that's that's it from. From the New South Wales camp, Christian Welch, if you're holding on to him, is will not be playing. So he failed his HIA. Other than that, not too much to report on the injury front, which is really good um, for everyone. You know, holding certain certain types of players. Be interesting to see if Fafita uh, comes back and plays. Obviously, went off with a little bit of a, a little bit of an injury, a little bit of a head knock kind of style. I wasn't can't remember exactly what happened, um, but didn't play the full eighty and, and came back in there. So maybe he is okay to play. Maybe he's not. We'll have to keep an eye out on, on late mail there. But in this video, guys, I just want to go through a bunch of the cheaper guys that we didn't speak about in that first video on the buy, hold, and sell. So Opacek is one that, that we probably want to speak about a little bit as you know, he's someone there at 483 who has been really solid for anyone who's owned him. And, and a 40 average in the centers for someone who's playing every game is really, really nice. And if you look at the last bunch of games, obviously he's had his lowest game of the year with 19, and before that his lowest score was 32. So a super consistent center. And I don't feel like you can you can write him off just after one week. I suppose a lot what a lot of people are doing at the moment is is going, oh, he's he's done now. He's a he's a you know 25. He's a 20. He's a 19 point player. You know, just absolutely flicking him after one week. And just remember the week before he got 54. Yes, it was against the you know, it was against the Eagles. So nothing nothing too terrible. Um, sorry, obviously 19 in, 19 in round 12. He got 38 last week with a try, which is not too exciting. But yeah, the majority of, of his games there are are very solid. And I feel like if you're upgrading Opacek, I feel like you have to do it for a, a really gu- a big gun in another position. I feel like if you're upgrading him for a Ramian, yes, you can look at, okay, Opacek is averaging 40, Ramian's averaging 50. Well, fifty-one, but fifty-eight or something with, without his his injury affected games. But he's only played six games. Remember that he's had he said he's had the injury, he had the suspension for for a few weeks there as well. So, what's more important, consistency in that centers where you know a lot of people traded Raymond in early in the year and then they had to trade him out again. So, think about is it worth trading in that extra, let's say, eighteen points? If it is eighteen points, it's definitely worth it. If it's not eighteen points, then he happens to go back to a normal sort of average for a centre, because no one, none of the centres average fifty eight over a season. That's just stupid, unless they're a, um, a second rower. And, and you know, even that, none how they need the edges in the game average fifty eight. So um, even the fullbacks, most of them don't average you know, anywhere near sixty. So you'd expect a, rever- a reversion to the mean at some point, somewhere around a 50 average or a little bit higher than that. Is, is it worth that 10 points? Let's just say it is a 50 average for the year. Is it worth the 10 points? I'm not exactly sure. So if it's Opacek, still own pretty high percentage in the top 100 at 19%, which is great because um, yeah, he's, he's done a good job. I don't know if he's worth the trade out just yet with everyone you know, being so light on for trades. Obviously, he doesn't play around 17. That's something to think about, but... Just yeah, if you if you're gonna do it, just be just be careful with the amount of trades you got left. I think you you can if you want. I'd just be yeah holding steady if you have like if you have twelve thirteen trades a, a trade from him to another center, it's pretty silly. I think in in, in my opinion, ha- Farnworth I wouldn't be touching anymore. We touched him for thirteen and he's not playing seventeen now. He's not a top line center, so I wouldn't be going for him there. In terms of other guys, there's not a heap out there. Obviously, Will Hopewade has been scoring much better since the start of the year. And that's a 34.6 average, including 
you know, the, uh, the terrible start that he had. And if we have a bit of a look, he's averaging a little bit more over 40. Of course, that's not going to come up. Will Hopawate Hop. I don't know why that doesn't come up sometimes when you type it out. So Will Hopawate started really poorly. You see, 30, 29, 32, 18, 32, blah, blah, blah. But the last three games, 48, 58, 42, with no tries. So tackles have been up. Run meters have been up high still, over the 100 meters mark. And you can tell that, like, Avrilo's going to him a bit more on that right side. So he's someone that's a, a bit of a smoky in the in the centers there, as someone who's going to score decent. Bless <coughs> me. Um, yeah, Hopper's in there like that, which is cool. If you need that, but again, there's a better centers out there for that little bit more expensive if you if you need one. In terms of other guys, Tommy Gilbert is a bit too expensive. Nick Hore, similar thing. Stefano, most people trading out. Best, so what do we do with best? Is he a hold or not? I think at that price, you can almost move him on. He's just not scoring well enough, is he? Like there's just not a lot happening in terms of the Knights and on, on that left side there. Obviously they're missing Pierce very much Lee. But if you look at the, the scores, he got a, massive, a bunch of massive scores last year, which helped him out. But then he was inconsistent as well, yeah? So if you put that into effect in, round, in, in 2021, he has been a lot more consistent. He has a 15 as his lowest score last game. So 15 to 22, and other than that, he's got you know, 29, 31, 45, 62, 47. There's a couple of 40s in there. So, you know, a solid scorer, but is he going to be super consistent? I don't think so. And only one try for the year is, is very low as well. So there's every chance that he comes back and, it, comes back and improves, but there's also every chance that he sticks around this 36 to 40 average and, and kind of doesn't help you. So I think best is more of a trade-out than Opacek. Uh, but yeah, you can make that decision based on you know the amount of trades you have left and, and go from there. Kelly also hasn't been good, so I put him in a similar mold to uh, Ke- uh, to best there. And if you're thinking about trading him out, then then that's a possibility. You know, someone like Dearden we spoke about in the other video, but I think there's a chance that he becomes an option in the next few weeks. So just keep an eye out on him. Uh, who else we got? Yeah, this remember just guys, it's just such a weird uh, priced section now in the four hundreds. Phoenix Costin, I wouldn't be touching. Yeah, we only really got to go down to guys like Kelly and uh, do we have him in our side? No, we don't. We have Gamble, um, Kelly and yeah, Lusick as our other guys to, to really talk about for the rest of it. And and, and Kelly there at three sixty, what three sixty five? So yeah, we spoke about him. His three awesome scores. So far at 365 now and not playing in round 17, he becomes a bit of a bit of a cash grab. I'm not sure if he can score like this every week. Obviously, three tries this is not going to be too um, yeah, normal for him. The next five opponents isn't ridiculous. You got Canberra and Raiders who will be uh, Rabbit, Canberra and Raiders, Canberra and Rabbitohs who will be decent. Then you've got the Sharks, Tigers, Penrith. So the next few will be okay for him. He should be able to score solidly. Obviously, he scores against you know, Roosters and Storm are two decent sides and, and got 44 and 37. So if you can keep up scores like that, he's got you know 100, 100-odd thousand to make, but doesn't play 17. He's obviously very highly owned in the top 100 and top 5,000 there with 36% and 26% res- respectively. But yeah, are you going to want to trade him in and then trade him out? Because that's going to be the goal. And think about that with all the cash cows at the moment, guys. You're going to be trading him in and trading them out if you want to use the cash that they make. If you just bring him in as a cheaper guy that's going to be a scorer, then that's also cool. Like Joey Lassie could be that guy that you bring in as a scorer for your side, like a 40-plus scorer. And if he does really, really well, like if he gets a couple of random 50 or 60 and starts to make a lot of cash over the next sort of you know three to six weeks, 
then you could trade him out. And, you know, if he gets up to 400 or 1,000, then that could be ideal. So he's at 228 at the moment, a couple of games where he hasn't really done too much. But if he's going to be getting close to 80 minutes, you're expecting 40-plus as a very normal score for a hooker in this league at the moment. And if he can run the ball a little bit, then that'll be even better. So that's that's the thoughts with Lusick. And then if you have enough trades, then you can trade him out um, for someone else and, and, and bank that cash. So theory is... Marnie's out between somewhere between three and six weeks. So if it's three weeks, we get 14, 15, 16. Cool. So you've got three weeks to make some decent cash. Is that possible? Look, it's better if you have four or five, let's be honest. But if he gets 50, he gets 40, 40, 40, right? He makes about 100K, which is solid, but it's not enough. Okay? So I'm thinking about bringing him into my side, but the theory probably is going to be 14, 15, 16, and then maybe we get 17 out of him. Uh, sorry, 18 out of him if if Marnie's out for a little bit longer. So three to six weeks, that would be five weeks out. And then you maybe get the last one too and you can milk that extra bit of cash uh, over those over those weeks and, and then trade to someone in around 19 or something like that. So that would be kind of the goal if you're looking at bringing in Lusick um, and that would make it sort of worth it because you don't get the benefit of him playing in round 17, right? And you know that could be the theory with someone like Joseph Sawali, although priced a little bit higher now. Is he? Joseph Paulo, Joseph Sawalia, 262, right? So he's a, probably a, a fairly decent cash out option, right? So 262, he comes off a better game in his round 12 appearance, obviously they're buying 13, and when they got full strength side, he becomes a player that doesn't play, okay? So in that case, he's gonna, he should be playing in round 17, you would imagine, right? With, with a few players out, Teddy, and etc. So Manu would move around, Sawali might come into center. Cool. So he could be someone that you use as a cash-out option, and he's wing fullback and center dual, so that is also helpful. Um, at 262, you can then trade him into your side, play him in round 17, and use him as a cash-out. And what we mean by a cash-out is someone who you bring in for one round to get his score, who is cheap, so somewhere around this, this is probably your limit, 260, uh, who is not really going to play the rest of the year, isn't going to be like a, an emergency option or an issue. Not that it really is too much of an issue this year because you can just put him in like 21 um, and not have to get his score. And only need his score if you um if you have like literally sixteen players playing and you need him, so he's someone that's a solid option in that you know vicinity of price. Tessie News in eighteen jersey guys get excited, um, and then who else we got? There's not too not too many guys that you want to be looking at around that price point in terms of round seventeen guys. It's hard to decide who are the guys that are going to be playing in that period as, until we know until we get a bit closer. So. You're looking at you know, a bunch of these guys now, and most of them are guys that played in 13 that we kind of have, have an idea of who they are. Sam Verrills is an interesting one. He could become a cash-out option when he comes back as well, slash a cash cow. He may be like, you know, if he came back in the next couple of weeks, you could decide to pick up Verrills at that 250K mark, but you still have to make sure that he's going to be playing decent minutes because when he came back this time, he was still playing that 30 to 50 minutes like kind, of, kind of numbers, and it just wasn't enough for him to make cash, right? So the goal with uh, Verils would be probably be to pick him up as a cash out option, who's going to be scoring in round seventeen. So he's another he's another one in the uh, Roosters side. The other one is Greg Marzu, and, and and do we think he's going to be playing multiple games? He's someone that isn't going to be playing in seventeen. So is that going to hold, is that going to hurt your scores going forward? Uh, you know, going in, into round seventeen, are you going to make enough cash from him over the next bunch of weeks until Corey Thompson's back? I saw he's back at training now. So you know, Thompson should come back in for Marzu. There's a chance that he comes back in for Sammy, but you know, there's a reason that Sammy has been first picked over Mazu all this uh, all these years anyway. So 
Think about that, guys, if you're looking at players to play um, over this next sort of period there. Uh, if you're looking at other players, like Suli would need to get a couple of injuries in the centres for him to become an option. And then some of these names here, I don't, I, I don't really know enough about to, to be able to go, yeah, they'll be selected for sure in, in round 17. We don't really know at this point. Uh, you've got Rocco Berry, who could be used as like a cash-out option, possibly, if he has to play. But, you know, Sean Bloor's there, but he won't be playing in 17. So there's not a lot of really options in in all these guys. If you're having a look down the line, there might be a few guys that, that play like, you know, 15 minutes or something like that, like a Ben Chaboyevic in round, in round 17 might come on and play, you know, a few minutes, but he he might also get a starting gig. And if he does, then maybe he's a solid cash-out option. So... That's all something that I'd be getting closer to selecting in round 17 rather than looking at it right now, to be honest, because a lot can happen in that period. They could get injured. You could have a lot of other injuries in your squad. And I wouldn't be trading in guys that, that aren't filling up your 21 because I've seen a lot of people uh, you know, this week sitting with a, a bunch of guys that's like, oh, they're out this week. They're origin guys. I don't want to trade them out. I don't want to use my trades. So we're sitting with like 15, 16 players. And if, you, if you're adding you know, a Simkin and a... Ben Hodgson, this guy from the Knights. If you have two of those guys in the emergencies, it makes it really hard to field a strong 17 each week. So just keep an eye on that when you're selecting your squad as well. But guys, I hope this really helped you all out um, and we'll catch you in the next one. Please like and subscribe and we'll go from there. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.